Good morning, my confident queens. It's your confidence cheerleader, Kiri, coming at you with another incredible interview from our badass mompreneurs, ready to give their best tips, tricks, and stories to finding and creating the most confident you. Let's get into it. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. I love talking about all things confidence and women and how we can continue to progress on this crazy, fun journey of life. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that's why you and I got along so well as roommates. (laughs) I, I know. It's true. We were roommates. That's so funny. I know. It was a really good time. I had so much fun. Yeah. For those who don't know who you are, do you want to just like start us out by introducing yourself, who you are, and a little bit about what you do? Sure. Yes. So my name is Jerry South, and I live in Arizona. I am a coach and advocate for teens and parents of teens, but I actually have worked a lot with women. When I first started uh, my work, I, I had personally been a single mother of six children for several years. I have seven children now, and I had had to do a lot of reinventing. I'd had to walk away from situations and completely start over, which uh, if anyone who knows, it can be very challenging. And then especially as a mother, and then for me and my own unique set of circumstances, being a single mother. And so um, I really, I really set out wanting to help women and specifically mothers reinvent themselves and find the confidence, which I know is a lot of what you do to become the person that they are meant to be. And then my journey just kind of took me because I have kids and I had a teen who was struggling, took me down this road of really helping teens at the same time. And so now I I work pretty equally with parents and with teenagers. Um, You know, I just think this is such a difficult time for everyone, but especially our youth are really suffering. And so even though a lot of what I talk about on social media applies to teenagers or parents of teenagers, the one thing about these skills is it works for anyone in any situation uh, because it's mindset training. Absolutely. I thought it, the things that you were teaching were so valuable. And I mean, I wish I would have had those tools when I was a teenager, but they weren't available to me now or then. So it's like great for me to have them now and to be able to implement them. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. Well, it's so valuable. Well, that was my thought process as I would always say to my clients, how would this have, because a lot of women I was working with had been divorced and um, some of them have for no fault of their own, but I, I think it's, we always look back and think about how we could have done things differently, or at least handled our emotions uh, differently. And I would always say, don't you wish you would have known this when you were getting married or when you were in your twenties? And then as I started to think about it and, and talk about it with my clients, we thought, well, like how far back would you go? What if you knew these things when you were in junior high. And so I think one thing that's really empowering is that as you are on a journey to transform yourself, you will transform the lives of your children from the knowledge that you have and the way that you've learned to manage emotions. Because I have to say, I went through my own transformation. I feel like a different person. And it's because of that transformation that I have for myself that I'm then able to help my children become more successful and more healthy-minded. Absolutely. Well, and your, your story was just so empowering of how you took some really 
terrible circumstances that you went through and you turned them into, you know, obviously where you're at now, being a great mom, business owner, and helping other people through similar things. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. I I think anytime so many of us have a story and that story becomes who we are, you know, once we overcome those things, we do in a sense, change into a better version of ourselves. And so, you know, I can't honestly say I'm grateful for my past because it got me to where I am today, which is this huge mission to help the family culture. Absolutely. So what I know when you came and talked to us at the retreat, you really talked about like taking the circumstances that are going on in our lives and turning them into different thoughts and actions and not letting them rule over us. So will you talk a little bit about that and like your methods that you use with that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're on a podcast, I won't really be able to show you, but I have a very specific self-coaching model that I use. And it's easy for anyone to understand. I work with children as young as eight years old. uh, But of course, when I'm showing it to adults, it's much easier to understand. But there is a difference in understanding it in theory and then actually applying it. And so that's where we go in a little bit deeper in the workshops is here's what I'm showing you. Now, how do we use this? So an example would be that most of us, and I like to reference teenagers because anyone who's been around a teenager has a relative or their own teenager of their own, they know that teenagers are so reactive. When something happens in their life, they believe that they have no choice, but to just, if, it, if something bad happens, they feel bad. And then when something good happens, they feel good. And they're up and down all the time. But you and I probably know a lot of adults that way as well. And really by no fault of their own, we've never been taught. I wasn't taught these things. They're not taught in school. We don't know what to do with our emotions. We either, um, we either numb ourselves to them by what I like to call buffering, which is indulging in sugar or drugs or porn or sex or Netflix, alcohol, whatever it is. Or we, we might be someone who just pushes them down and pretends that it's not there. We just absolutely pretend it's not going on and we build a wall or we react, we yell, we scream, we give the silent treatment, we blame someone else for how we're feeling. And this is how most of society, if you wanna call it manages, but handles their emotions, they're not handling them. And so of course our teenagers don't know what to do, we don't even know what to do. And so what I try to help people do, I like to explain it as just like wiggling something loose in the brain. If we can just start to create awareness to where our emotions really come from, that emotions don't come from our circumstances. They don't come from people, places, and things. And I'll have people challenge me on this all of the time. They'll bring me heavy situations like divorce or death, or I'll have teenagers say something to me like, my sister steals my clothes and hides them in a room. I mean, we all believe to some degree that other people are responsible for the way that we feel. And so as long as we believe that, we're never going to be able to feel better because we can't control other people. We just can't. I wish I knew how, if I could teach people how to change other people, oh my goodness, I'd be, I'd be racking in the dough. Right. But, and I would, and I would start off by, by my husband, even though I love him, there's lots of little things I would change, like put your laundry in the laundry basket for goodness sakes, but (laughs) we can't do that. And so the younger we can teach people because you know, the older we get, the more out of control it kind of becomes. Uh, the healthier we can be is because we can't change other people. We can't change our circumstances for the most part. The only thing we can do is change the way that we experience them. And so in my model, that's abbreviated CTFAR for circumstances, 
create your thoughts. Your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings drive your actions and your actions give you your results. I show them how to use this. I have to tell you when I first heard or learned, I should say that my thoughts created my feelings. I did not believe that. I was like, what? Nope, that is not true. I could think of all the other people in my life that were responsible for my feelings. It is definitely not my thoughts. Prove it, show me. And so that's what was so fascinating about doing this research and really diving into mindset training was that I found it was absolutely true. Um, and so if we use an example like death, for example, I think I use this at the retreat because it's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody dies, um, you feel differently depending on who it was. If it's a stranger to you, you're not mourning the death of a stranger typically. And the reason for that is, is because of the sentences running through your head. When someone dies that you don't know, you might think something like, oh, that's so sad for their family. And then you don't really think much of it after that. It's the thoughts that create your feelings. If someone close to you passes away, you're going to have different thoughts. This is terrible. I can't believe this happened. What are we going to do without this person? Death on its own, this, this circumstance doesn't have the power to make you happy or sad. Circumstances are always neutral, whether it's a divorce, whether it's something someone said to you, um, for teenagers, it's like their phone got taken away for adults. It's maybe getting fired from a job. Everything is neutral until you give it a meaning until you have a sentence that runs through your head. And so what, what we work on in mindset training is recognizing if I feel this way, if I feel frustrated, mad, lonely, angry, here's how I show up. And here's the result that gives me, if there's a way that I can feel better, maybe not even excited or happy, but even just neutral or content, you will show up completely different which gives you a completely different result. And so people don't realize thoughts aren't just creating your feelings. Thoughts are creating the results you're getting in your life. A lot of times, um, for example, if I have someone who comes to me and they want to lose weight, I don't start with actions. I don't start with creating a meal plan and how many times we're going to work out because we can do that all day long. But if their thought is, I don't think this is going to work, they will create a feeling that creates self-sabotage in their actions. They might get a little far and then they'll find a way to self-sabotage. Our thoughts create the results in our lives. And so we, we really benefit from learning to manage what's in our mind and the sentences that run through our head when something is presented to us. It's so crazy the power our mind has. And I don't think people realize it. And so we just go about our day like in this kind of just automatic cycle of running. And I think sometimes when those circumstances come up that are like so severe, such as like going through divorce, our mind can get just like stuck in this really bad cycle. And it's hard to pull ourselves out of that because we're just like thoughts and reaction and thoughts and reaction instead of actually working through everything. And like you said, I, I definitely feel like we as a society and whole really struggle with, you know, coping with difficult things. And it's because we don't go through and, you know, make that change in our minds. It's true. Absolutely. And also most people don't realize they have a choice. Uh, Something happens and they feel terrible and 
we've just kind of been brainwashed to believe that emotions are outside of us. And when something happens, that's how you feel. And then you just do something to help yourself forget about it until you can feel a little bit better. And it, the, the truth is that emotions are internal. We're creating them with our brain. And so if we want, whenever you here, here's what I challenge people to do, by the way, um, if I'm doing just a, a quick presentation, I leave them with is the next time you feel something negative, frustrating, anything that that's uncomfortable for you, take a moment and just pause and recognize the thought that's there because most people can, um, connect with, or, or at least be in tune with what they are feeling. They're not aware at all of what they are thinking. In fact, I'll have people tell me I'm not thinking anything. I'm just mad. No, no, no. <laughs> you might not be aware because, because the other thing is our brain memorizes the way that we think. And so think about, you know, the things in your life that you, you just automatically have opinions about what's attractive, what's rude, what you like, what you don't like. Well, it's the same thing. Something happens in your brain without even thinking about it, just spits out a, a thought that creates a negative emotion because you've already programmed your brain to think a certain way. So just pause for a minute and recognize what am I thinking right now? Because a negative thought will 100% of the time produce a negative emotion and a positive thought will produce a positive emotion. And so that's the skill set training that I teach um, because there's a skill to that. We can't just tell our brain anything. We can't just, you know, if we, if we hate heights, we can't just go up to the top of a building and say, I love heights. There's a, there's a skill to it. We have to give our brain something that it can believe, but, but still just recognizing that we are creating pain ourselves. Other people aren't doing it. We are creating our own pain is life-changing because once we're aware of the fact that we have some control, really all the control, but if we even believe we have some control, that's the place that we can fix it. Yeah. I think it's so important to recognize that we are in control of our own lives. And that comes from, you know, finding that control over our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. And I know for you, you, you talk a lot about divorce being one of those really big, hard circumstances. And that's something you really went through. So when you were going through a really bad divorce, I mean, how did you work through that yourself with, you know, your thoughts and feelings and actions? That's a good question because when I, I, I wasn't good at it in the beginning and it caused me a lot of pain and suffering. I didn't know these skills at the beginning of my divorce, you know, divorces last a long time. And then I was a single mother for a long time. So I had some time to work on this. Um, but I had a lot of reason to be mad. I, I definitely felt like a victim. I felt that there were a lot of choices that were made that I didn't have any control over. I was very happy. I had a very comfortable life. I had six young children and now, um, because of the choices my ex-husband had made, he wasn't able to help at all. We'd lost everything. And so, um, I, it took a lot of work to just completely be able to forgive him and be in a good place. But I remember, um, just feeling really frustrated. I, I, I'm a spiritual person. I was frustrated at God. Um, I felt a lot of bitterness. I just was, was frustrated in every direction because I couldn't believe I was put in this situation. I think I had at the time, this mindset that I'm a good person. I'm a good mom. I serve in the community. I'm, I, I serve in my church. I've been a good wife. 
why should this be happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? Yeah. Right. And I could never answer that question. And so I really got stuck there. And, um, I just, one, one day it just hit me when I was, I was miserable a lot. I remember falling, not, well, I would be in my closet, just crying all the time when my kids couldn't see me. And I remember thinking about how much I wanted to be a mother and how it's all I ever wanted. And I finally had these six beautiful children and how much I enjoyed being a mother when I wasn't single, because that was changing for me a little bit. I still loved my kids, but I wasn't finding joy in the daily duties of being a mom. I used to curl my girl's hair and paint their nails. And my boys had matching shirts and I was at every activity. And now I'm in survival mode. I'm not enjoying any part of the process. I'm just doing what has to be done because I'm miserable. And I remember thinking that here I am, I'm getting to be a mother and I'm hating it. And I thought I'm not going to be able to change what happened. I can't change my ex-husband. I can't change my circumstances right away, but I can change how I'm experiencing this. I recognize that. And so it took some work and I, I started telling myself, you got exactly what you wanted. You got to be a mother of six children, which is what I wanted. I had friends that couldn't get pregnant. I had friends that had all different kinds of issues, but in my mind, my issue was the worst. So I started to question that. And I think questioning your thoughts is really important. I love the question. Is that true? Is that hundred percent true? Because you'll find if you start asking yourself that question, that the answer is almost always no. Anything that we tell ourselves, this is the worst situation I could ever be in. He's the worst person I've ever met. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Is that absolutely 100% true? Well, no, but it feels true. Okay. But what else is true? What else was true is I, I got this, uh, an incredible opportunity to work out an airline. I had six children that I always wanted. We were in good health. I could find lots of things. And so I just had to decide if I wanted to stay stuck and tell everyone the story about what my ex-husband had done, or did I want to feel love and peace? And, you know, I was able to really forgive my husband to the point where he was at our house. Once we moved back to the state of Arizona, where I live, he was over all the time and I was totally fine with it. That was such a good place to be in where I don't have to punish him for his choices anymore. He had enough punishment where he was. I got just to enjoy my kids, enjoy reinventing myself and believing that I was still going to be able to do so many of the things I wanted to do. And, and personally for me, that's what divorce had done to me for a while is, um, paralyzed me. My thoughts started to, uh, believe things like, uh, I'm never going to be able to be successful. Now my life is over. I'm 36 years old living in an apartment. What's happened to my life. As long as I believe that was true, I would stay stuck there. As soon as I started to believe other things were true, that's when I finally was able to get unstuck and on my way. And it was a powerful thing. The mind is a powerful thing. It really is. And I think we've all been in those circumstances where something happens that just kind of paralyzes us, like you said, and we just feel like we're stuck and we can't get out. And there's no way to move forward from there. And so I think it's so important that we know that there's always a way to move forward. And, you know, it can be as simple as just shifting the way that we're thinking about, you know, the things that are going on for us um, in our lives at that moment. So. Absolutely. That's, that's what it was for me was to, I, 
uh, I think I said this at the retreat, but this decisions determine destiny was really powerful for me. And I realized I, and, and here's the thing. Most of us want to be right. We just do when I'm coaching people. Cause I, I do a lot of, um, workshops and events, but I also do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching over zoom or in person. And, um, most, especially adults that I work with, they don't want to let go of the most painful things. And it's interesting if you think about that, because that would be the most beneficial thing is to just let go of the thing that's causing you so much pain, but it's so important for us to be right and justified and acknowledge that we're going through this hard thing. It's almost like if someone's going to take it away from us now, we believe, oh, well, it didn't happen then, or no one's going to acknowledge what I've been through. It becomes more important to be right than to heal sometimes. And so we really have to be willing to let past go. It's like, do we want to be right? Do we want everyone to know that we are right? Or do we want to just be able to move on and get out of the, I was a total victim. People hate that word, but whenever you feel like you were wronged by someone else, you're a victim. It doesn't even matter if you were, do you want to stay stuck there? That was the decision I had to make. And the answer was no, I absolutely was miserable. Yeah, it's so true. Well, and since going through like your your talk and everything at the retreat, one of the things that I've really been working on um, with my son, he has a really hard time getting up in the mornings and going to school. It's always like a struggle for him. So I always tell him, you know, you have to go to school. It's not really an option. You don't get like a, a choice over those circumstances, but what you do get a choice of is the thoughts and feelings that you have about it. So you can choose to try and make it a really good day and find the good things in it. And so we always tell him like he is in control of his own thoughts and feelings and it helps so much. Just like being able to do that tiny little mind shift. And yes. like, he's only four and it's already like, I can see the changes happening there, so. Oh, that makes me so happy. And that's the thing. Kids pick this stuff up earlier than adults because adults, adults can understand it easily. It's harder for them to apply because they have years of baggage of hurt feelings and, and unresolved uh, issues. But with kids, same thing with my teenager, teenagers, that's when I realized I needed to really bring the adults into the conversation because my kids have learned this and, and I had to undo a lot of damage because I had taught my kids that I was responsible for their feelings. I would say, and that they were responsible for mine. I would say, apologize to me. You hurt my feelings, apologize to your brother. You hurt his feelings. And I had been training them. We are responsible for each other's feelings. So now when they're in any kind of altercation, they're all practically the same age. So it happens a lot around here. <laughs> They'll say things like that all the time. You may be mad. I can hear them. I've got a lot of teenage boys too. And I come in, whoa, 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 whoa. Who made you mad? He did. He, this and this and that. And they know this well. I have family nights all the time on this stuff. They have to be re redirected all the time. And I'll say, is it possible for him to make you mad? And instantly they're like, oh, mom, stop coaching me. No, but really, can he make you mad? No. What makes you mad? I do. How? My feelings. No. My thoughts. Okay, well, what thought are you thinking right now? But it de-escalates the situation. I don't let them walk away until they tell me what they're thinking. And then 
already by then they're not upset anymore. They're taking responsibility. So now anymore, I don't have to listen to why it's their teacher's fault that they didn't turn in their homework and why their friends made them so mad today at school. My kids, and I'll, I'll interview them about once a month. My daughter, especially was telling me recently, she had like, you know, how girls can be in school and she liked this boy and she told her friend and then her friend went out and dated the boy right away. And she's normally a teenage girl would be ticked and that'd be a big cat fight. Right. And she said, but, and my daughter's almost 16. She said, I just, I just kind of used the model. And I, I, for, at first I, I kind of told myself, he must like her better than me. She must be prettier, you know, whatever it was. And she said, but then I just realized it doesn't have anything to do with me. Like my girlfriend just likes to flirt. And this is just what she does to everyone. And I don't want to lose a friendship over it. Now, most adults can't do that, you know, and, and she gets to decide she could decide she doesn't want to be your friend. I don't, I don't, I'm not in the business of telling people what to do. I'm, I help show them how to think about things so it doesn't cause them pain. But if we could give all of our kids and our teenagers those kinds of skills to deal with those problems. She was hung up on it for five minutes and that's it. Most teenage girls that I coach, they would be hung up on that for weeks, maybe months, and then they'd want revenge. It's powerful. For sure. That is, yeah, that's an incredible transformation because yeah, those teenage years are really hard. And I feel like, um, a lot of that learning is going to be so important, like going on through, because I feel like sometimes we get the same thought that comes no matter, you know, what the circumstances are, because like you said earlier, our brains are so wired to just like think the same kind of way. And so it's kind of cool that she can change that now and that new thought will replace that old one, you know, no matter what circumstances she's going through. Right. Yes. It's so powerful. So it's powerful for adults. It's powerful for teens. I think we all benefit from learning these skills just to help us overcome pain. We know, uh, the human experience is going to be pain. We know that we are going to experience positivity and negativity, but to be able to, to overcome that by using our brain to manage our thoughts. It's so powerful. It's powerful for me still. Sometimes things will happen and I'll recognize how quickly I worked through it. My husband will talk to me at the top of the hour and I'm like, I can't talk right now. I'm so frustrated. And it's a big thing. And an hour later I'm fine. He's like, wow, that was quick. I'm like, I just needed some time to work on it up here. It, It is fine. I just needed the time. It, to me, it's invaluable. That has been the biggest gift I've given myself is to know how to do that. Absolutely. I think that's so, so cool. And obviously like my podcast is around confidence and helping other women find confidence. And I think this is such a powerful tool in doing that. How do you think that using this tool can help other women build confidence in themselves and, you know, the way that they approach the world and problems that they're having? Well, because we're confidence comes from the way that we think about ourselves. It comes from being willing to experience uncomfortable emotions and it comes from doing what we say we're going to do, but because of, um, because what we think about ourselves is usually, um, I find in most adults, it's, it's such a negative thing. Um, we are our biggest bully. We find everything wrong with ourselves that other people don't see. We seem to kind of skim over our gifts and go straight to our weaknesses. And, and so all of those are programmed thoughts that we have about 
ourselves. It, 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 there's no truth in it. In fact, I, I would probably say that the majority of what you believe about yourself is just a thought. It's not true. Uh, it's true if you have a certain degree or certification or uh, your age, things like that. But, but the things you believe about yourself, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm successful, I have a lot of money, I'm broke. All of those things are thoughts. We don't think about ourselves in, in factually in terms of facts that can be proven. And beliefs are just thoughts that, that we've thought over and over and over again. And so now when we look in the mirror, it's just true to us, but it's not actually true. And so it's the same principle. It just takes work. We, it, we, can't, we can't just show up to one coaching uh, seminar or one session and then everything's changed because we have to then apply it and do the work. But recognizing that I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm not good enough, I'm not going to be good at that. I don't think I could start that. I'm not good at making money. I'm not good in front of people. All of those things can be changed. If they're not facts, they can be changed. And I'll have a lot of people challenge me. Oh, no, it's a fact. I got up in front of people and I totally choked. Okay, but that was one time. It's not a fact that you would never be good at that. It's a fact that you tried it. It didn't go well and you stopped. And so I just try to open up the mind and help people see that they can see whatever they want to see. I have women come to me that they believe they're overweight. They hate their body. And without losing a single pound within three months, they can look at themselves and love who they are. It's because the way we feel about ourselves is not tied to external things. We think it is, but it's not. It's tied to what we believe about ourselves. And so what we want to change is what's going on up here what's going on in the mind. That's what we want to change. And so that's what I work with people on is kind of, kind of breaking apart this belief system that they have. Like why maybe trying to identify, why do I feel this way about myself? Did somebody say something to me when I was younger and I just decided to believe it? Uh, where did I come up with these beliefs and are they 100% absolutely true? Is it true? Because if it's not absolutely true, and it's keeping us from being where we want to be, maybe we should get rid of that thought. Maybe we should start to think thoughts that help us. And if we can't believe really good thoughts, like I love who I am, I'm successful, I'm beautiful. Maybe it can be as simple as I'm learning to become someone who's more self-confident. Maybe we just replace the ugly thought with that until we can get to where we really want to be. I love that. Moving from you know, negative thoughts to positive thoughts doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes we have to find neutral thoughts like you talked about earlier too. Well, and one of my favorite, you know, things that I wrote down in my notes from your talk um, was to poke holes in the stories that we tell ourselves because that's mm -hmm. all they are. It's just the stories that we're telling ourselves about ourselves, our lives, whatever it is. And we just need to go through and poke those holes in it and say, is it true? And if not, you know, what can I start telling myself instead? So that's absolutely right. And that's what I'm doing as a coach is just, um, from an outside, it's, it's a little harder to do when we're doing it to our, for ourselves, it's still, we absolutely can do it, but that, that is the work is looking at it from a different angle and recognizing and being willing to be wrong, by the way. So like I said, a lot of people don't want to give up the most painful part of what they believe about themselves. But what if you're wrong about that? What if you could be good at that? What if you are attractive? What if you're not overweight? What if you are capable? Like just being willing to let your mind go there and, and experience what that might look like. I love that. That's so great. Well, 
I really appreciated this conversation. I think it's so helpful and it's going to help so many people that, you know, maybe are feeling really stuck in their circumstances right now. So um, for those who want more information and to come find more about you, where can we find all of you, your stuff and uh, your Instagram, all the good things? Sure. Yeah. So my social media handle is at Jerry South, J-H-E-R-I-S-O-U-T-H. I know it's kind of a different spelling, but at Jerry South. And on Facebook, every Wednesday, I'm doing webinar Wednesdays. It's 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And um, I'm just doing a free 20 to 30 minute coaching. The same kind of information I give my clients, I'm offering it for free live on Facebook every Wednesday. And I keep it up there so you can watch the recorded version. And then I also can be found at jerrysouth.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Wow. Wasn't that a great conversation? I want to thank our guests so much for being here. If you guys found value in this conversation, please like, share, and make sure to follow our guest and me on Instagram and at our websites. And if you are interested in confidence coaching with me and doing some one-on-one, you can go reach out to me on The Confident Mompreneur on Instagram or at theconfidentmompreneur.com. Thank you so much for being here. See you next time.